the big thing with coaching and, you know, being the leader and the director is just knowing that, you know, you're not for these kids, you're, you're not just their coach, you know, however you're carrying yourself, whatever you're saying, whatever your body language looks like, like they're watching you, you know, and you have to kind of almost think of yourself as, you know, the role model for them because they're, they're eager to learn the sport and they're listening to every word you're saying. So why not take that with everything else about yourself in front of them, you know, because they are watching and if they'll, they'll see like, Oh, my coach, like he'll, or she does that. She slumps her shoulders when she makes mistakes, you know, we'll turn and start yelling at herself and start yelling at her partner. So why can't I do that kind of thing? You know? Right. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Better at Beach Volleyball podcast. My name is Mark Burrick, and today we have a really cool guest. And I think a lot of you coaches, club directors, and people who are thinking about starting your own beach volleyball club are really going to love what we're going to talk about. Because our guest today, Heidi Lynn Alusha Boatwright, is she just started her first juniors beach volleyball club. So she had what some of you might not have when you're starting a club, but she had a very a big audience to start because Synergy is also a really strong and well-run indoor volleyball club. So she had the audience, but they wanted to add a beach volleyball club. So if you are interested or thinking about starting a club or you just want to hear about somebody else's experience in having that club built, what they're looking for, how they're running the business and sign up and coaching side of it, this episode is going to be great for you. So we're going to get started in just a minute. I just want to make a few announcements. Remember, our camps are rocking and rolling. October, November, December, January, February. We are also scheduling all of our clinic weekends for the winter of 2022 and the spring of 2023. So if you want to bring us to your facility, club, or even your backyard, head on over to betteratbeach.com forward slash clinics. If you want to spend seven days with us at a resort, playing volleyball all day long, having fun, learning, partying, meeting new friends, and connecting with people around the world, then you want to head over to betteratbeach.com forward slash camps. Uh, if you love this episode, when we're done, go ahead and like it, give it a rating, share it with somebody who you're thinking about starting that club with or who you know is in the same situation. And if you want a free drill book, we have a free beach volleyball drill book. It's our 36 favorite drills. Okay, and you're going to go to betterbeach.com forward slash free beach volleyball drill book. Okay, free beach volleyball drill book, and you can find that and get our 36 favorite drills. That's it. We hope you enjoy that. All those links are going to be included in the show notes. So without further ado, Heidi, hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. What did you do today? Oh, What's your day like today? it's 11 a.m. Um, it's uh, I woke up pretty early, riser, and try to get some quiet time before my kids wake up. Uh, we do homeschool, so before the hustle and bustle of things, um, I like to get my quiet time in, get my peace and quiet while I drink my coffee. It just consisted of feeding the kids. My son had an online class, a math class, and then just doing odds and ends and getting ready for the school year. We actually um, haven't 
officially started started school. We don't start school till next week, but the online classes for my son has started. So just trying to gear up and get ready for the school year. And then also we have our fall beach program um, registering um, going. So I'm trying to get all that registration going and getting ready for this Sunday's practice. Okay. Yes. So you're full-time mom, full-time teacher, and now a full-time beach volleyball club yeah. director. That's, I, I don't know how crazy you might be trying to wake up early to get, to get some time before that, you know, but I'm now more than ever, I'm actually embracing exactly that. I'm looking at my hours and I'm saying, if I have two hours to myself in the morning, my whole day is just somehow better. I can attack things without any disturbances, without any worries. And I, and I can actually get up and breathe. And by the time I get to my first activity, I feel like, okay, I'm not rushing anymore. And then all my activities feel better. Exactly. So I'm actually waking up way before I used to and way before I have to. Yeah. It's just making all the tasks so much easier and more energetic, which is weird. Yeah. Absolutely. I definitely agree with you, especially with, you know, those of um, you that have kids. And like I said, it's just the, the hustle and bustle of in the mornings. And before that happens, you want to just have get ready to conquer the world kind of attitude with that good cup of coffee and be ready to, all right, what do my kids need today? You know, and mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it definitely, it's, it definitely helps because those days when I do wake up late and I feel like, I have not gotten that peace and quiet. It's just, okay, yes, I can do that. Yes, okay, what do you need? What? You know, it's just. <laughs> right? It's always everything feels back-to-back -back rushed when you don't have that little chunk of time before That's anything cool. else. Just that little chunk of time makes a huge difference for sure. Yeah. <laughs> How early do you wake up before the rest of your household? By like 5.30 at least. My husband wakes up way earlier. He wakes up at like 4.30. So he's up already. And then if I can go back to sleep when his alarm goes off, then I'll be up. <laughs> I have my alarm set at 5.30. <laughs> and when, when do your kids wake up? Like when do your... We have a rule. They, they're usually early risers as well, but we have established a rule where if they are up before seven, they got to stay in their room till seven, read a book or do something and let mom and dad have their coffee time before they are able to step out of that room. <laughs> I like that. I like, yeah, yeah, I like setting rules, setting boundaries. And then you're, I mean, you're going to be better parents for it because I don't know, for me, at any time I feel rushed, I feel like I just don't do a good job at whatever I'm doing. Yeah. I think with anything for sure. And it's just high stress. And then that energy rubs off on the kids and then it's just chaos. <laughs> yeah. I like your coffee time. And it's, it's funny because right now, maybe right now. So my brother just moved out to Hawaii. Um, he was a fireman for 20 years in, in New York city and him and his wife started a coffee company, a coffee roasting company. So they roast their own comp uh, coffee in Hawaii and they have me, I signed up, I, I pay full price. You know, I'm like, it's my brother. Of course I'm going to support his business. And so he sends me the exact amount of coffee that I need for my month every month. And uh, he makes all different flavors and he roasts it, uses different beans. So he's like, tell me every time, tell me like what you like and what you don't like about the flavor. And he's now going to make for our company a volley brew or like a better at beach brew. Yeah, with, awesome. yeah it's going to have like higher caffeine content uh -huh. so that for people who like want to fire themselves up before practice yeah. or before a performance, it's going to be centered around that. And it's going to have a, a little bit of a lighter flavor because most people are beachy. Yeah. So kind of excited about that. And, and if anybody wants fantastic 
coffee. It doesn't support me, but it supports my brother and he's a great guy. He's a hero. He was at 9-11. He's a firefighter. It's a great company and, and he'll treat you right. So if you want to check it out and get coffee at your doorstep, go to traditioncoffeeroasters.com. What island are they on? They're on Oahu. They're in, I think in Kailua. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, they, they loved that move. They're so... I so bet. happy I'm out from there. New York to Hawaii. It's just, it's a big, just a lifestyle, right? Lifestyle yeah. change. <laughs> you legitimately feel like you're in Jurassic Park, like just driving on the Hawaii or on the highway. You're just like, what the heck yeah. is going on? I mean, that's where they filmed it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, out there. So you wake up about an hour and a half, right? Before your kids, you collect your mind. Yeah. Do, do you do any? business or tasks for the for the club during that time or is that just a time literally for you to sit and inhale and exhale oh um, no both inhale and exhale and if there are emails and like you said tasks or things i need to get done for the business yes those are usually the times that i will tackle them but then obviously throughout the day like i'll get replies or things like that from the people who aren't up yet <laughs> so during the day you know i'm still tackling all that as well but from that morning i like to get as much as i can done to be able to get stay focused um, on my kids for their homeschooling time and then get back to it a little bit maybe in the evening i'd like to if you don't mind i'd like to go to the very beginning of Synergy and their decision to start a beach club, because I know that there are so many, I have friends in, in Long Island and all of a sudden, you know, I moved out to California to pursue beach full time. And I just started seeing little beach volleyball clubs pop up piece by piece. And some of them had similar to, I think, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong to, to what you had, where they, some clubs started on their own, but some clubs started with a built in volleyball audience from indoor. And they mm -hmm. felt like they were losing players to beach volleyball clubs. And they're like, hey, we coach volleyball. We should keep them. But then you get a lot of indoor coaches attempting to teach beach mm -hmm. volleyball. Right. And hey, I'm all for going for it, you know, exactly. and saying, you know what? If the kids are on the beach and they're touching a ball, it's going to be good for them. But at some point, you have to bring in some coach or beach volleyball expert to get those coaches working because some of the things that I, I see being taught, I'm like, oh, you're going to get <laughs> annihilated when you go to California and Florida. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, just from the Northern California to the Southern California caliber of beach volleyball is, you know, is a big difference already. And but yeah, you're right with Synergy. I did have the audience already and I was lucky enough to there was a big merge there was moxie beach out here who was run by kevin mcculloch and oh kevin yeah, I, and, got, I gotta get him on the podcast we exactly. battled we his battled. wife yeah and ally yep and ally so they made a big move and so he was looking to merge moxie beach with synergy and but and then he knew he found out that i was in the area and so he's like hey Heidi, this is what I'm doing. I need someone to take over Moxie Beach, blah, blah, blah. And um, we decided to do that. So um, we merged Moxie Beach with Synergy. And well, how are you? What, what was your role with Synergy at that time? I was not. I was not in any role with Synergy at all. Um, it so was, Kevin just wanted you to take over his beach club I, or he I, wanted you to merge it with something? Well, he was planning to merge it already okay. with Synergy. And they were all just looking. They needed a beach uh, beach director, beach volleyball coach. And then he heard that. Yeah. That's when he heard that I was in the area 
And he hit me up and I was like, yeah, let's do this. That's awesome. And, you know, Synergy is such a, Synergy Forces is a big indoor program out in Sacramento. And like I said, I already had the audience and just lucky enough to have all the admin and the people behind the scenes to do all that. So all the, all the numbers and all that stuff is really worked with them. You know, they're doing that where I'm doing all the coaching and giving them tips or giving them things like this is how beaches run. This is how things work on the beach rather than the indoor and trying to differentiate it for them. You know what I mean? Okay. So Kevin's got a beach club. Synergy's got uh, Moxie. Synergy (laughs) has an indoor club. He's planning on merging Moxie into there, but Kevin had to move away. Is that right? And so he wanted somebody to take his program over as it merged in. Like he needed a caretaker for the girls that that he built up. Is that kind of you want to you know you get so attached to your players you don't want to leave them hanging and you want to leave them with another person who he you know that he knows that he can rely on and knows the game and so luckily that was me that he uh, contacted and for the most part we do have a lot of um, some moxie girls and then now it's becoming a lot of other players transitioning from indoor or even trying it out trying the beach game and because it's such a new program and we like i said synergy force is all indoor so we had a lot of summer clinics so there were a lot of indoor players trying out for the beach right figuring out okay is this something that i like or it was a lot of indoor players in the beginning And so now as we are transitioning into our fall program, it's still a little bit of indoor, but more of the more experienced beach players. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Synergy, does it have its own building, its own facility as far as an indoor? Or is it one of those clubs that kind of uses, rents different gyms? I know. It's called The Grounds and it's out in Roseville, um, Sacramento. And honestly, I I have not stepped foot in it yet, but I mean, I hear it's spectacular our hair is huge and a lot of the tournaments the big tournaments are held there and that's okay. where all the practices are held as well what's the process of for those for people who are somewhere anywhere and they want to start a club but they're like man i like beach volleyball but there's only one court there in that park there's that one court that like old mr jones let us use in his backyard yeah. uh where are you guys practicing with your club yeah. We were in, for the summer, we were over at Sierra College, okay. who they have four courts and they have um, a beach volleyball program as well. But now because of fall, you know, they'll be using it. And so now we are transferred over to a place called Harry Crab Park, which has four courts available as well. And I know there are a few other clubs out there that use that park. And so it's just trying to find time and reserve the courts and making sure we have them for the sessions. Okay. Did you land on those? Were you already using those? Or did you have to contact the college and say, hey, we'd like to rent this and then contact what I guess like the city parks department and say, we'd like to rent this? Yeah. And I believe Synergy has used Sierra College courts and Harry Crab and Kevin as well has used them. So I had that network where they already knew Synergy and Kevin and think to help with that process. Okay. So you don't have your own built home, mm-hmm. but you have the, the places that where you nice. train. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, would, would, that would be great, right? <laughs> really nice. But then I don't know. I think the finances end up going heavily towards. You know, you can choose to be a a juniors club, but when you go for like adult fours and sixes leagues, 
it's there's a lot of opportunity there. And, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I I see that a lot, you know, especially out in Texas and other states that how they run these beach facilities, beach volleyball court facilities, and all these leagues that they run. I'm like, man, that sounds so fun. <laughs> so fun in Salt Lake City, the the sandbar there. Yeah. I mean, it's every night. There's hundreds of people in their facility and it's just four sixes and they even still run twos which to me i mean for beach volleyball makes sense please right. keep doing that but like financially you're thinking like well i could get four or five people per team right. or i could get six to eight people per team right. so it might might make more sense there but these are all lessons and conversations that i have to have because i'm uh, planning on building my own facility uh, in chattanooga so i'm looking forward Ooh. to that yeah, they don't have a facility there. They have like a hungry outdoor crowd. So I've seen a lot of beach volleyball facilities around the world. I've seen the ones that are really successful. I see the ones that struggle and I, I know the differences. I'm looking forward to, to starting that next next chapter. That's amazing. Isn't Chattanooga the school out there? Do they not have a facility out there? They, they do. do. It's cool. Okay. But no, yeah. I'm, I'm all about uh <laughs> this is gonna yeah, sound yeah, yeah. i'm all about control uh, <laughs> so yeah i'm uh started my own company because i'm not very good at, at answering to too many people <laughs> that's why most people do it right yeah <laughs> with their own company that's awesome well that's um, all right so if you were to start that from from scratch then i guess you would what do you have to do you have to look up the parks department permitting section and then say hey this is what we're doing and then they need insurance right they need to know that you're a business yeah business they got to go through all the insurance and and then just liabilities and all that stuff waivers mm -hmm. <laughs> for parents and players and all that stuff yeah same with the college and I guess anywhere that's not yours, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I think a lot of people who are considering starting a club, considering uh, you know even a beach volleyball or indoor, they're probably thinking, "Well, I don't have courts, right?" That's gotta go through so many people's minds, and and I've seen really successful clubs in Oslo, like Oslo Volley uh, mm -hmm. in Norway. This is a pro team that I played for, so we had like our big gym. It was rented from a giant school. And then all of the like adult rec and juniors clubs, we were, we were renting from churches, schools, calling everybody. And it was all different. It's not easy because you're always practicing like you're, you're practicing downtown on Tuesday and you're practicing like north of the city on Thursday. But hey, if you can find a place to rent, then there you go. You get to do what you want to do. And then if you build it up and you find that it's successful, all right, now let's get proof of concept. And then if you want to get your own facility, go ahead. Exactly. Yeah. I guess that's the challenge, right? Is finding that consistent uh, court rental and or even the the rental fees that are that will work for your budget that you're trying to do, right? Because sometimes, you know, depending on the court rental fees, it's it can go up and down on how many players you're going to have or what you're charging and all that. <laughs> okay, so you have an indoor club and and now the powerful indoor club is starting a beach club or, or taking over a beach club. How much friction is there? Because I bet there are indoor coaches that love beach and they're like, yes, I coach indoor, but oh my God, if I could just coach, like start the beach volleyball program, but how do I approach the director? How do I approach the owner and say that I want to take a bunch of the girls from indoor, you know, and maybe they get too interested in beach and they, and they lose interest in indoor. What does that process go? Like, how are, how are you getting along with, I guess I'll say the indoor side of the club? Well, I would, well, that's a funny question. I feel like I... I am in good 
uh, standings with them so far, just because it is still brand new, right? And we, the players that I do have are still playing indoor. I don't have fully committed just beach players yet. Okay, so you um, haven't stolen any I have like, not, like full out yet. <laughs> no, not yet. And but I do have players who, you know, have expressed that I'm not playing indoor or um, I want to go beach full time. And so it'll come, I'm sure it'll come. And it's just I mean, I I would think as a coach, it would suck to lose like a really good player, you know, on your team. But at the same time, as a coach, you got to feel, OK, I got to do what's, what they're what they think is best for them. Um, if that makes them happy you know, then go for it. I think as long as the coach is just, you know, looking out for the players and making sure the players are making the right decision for themselves and are generally happy for what the players are doing, then it shouldn't cause too much friction. Yeah, I, it's <laughs> so hard. That's a tough question because you can care for an athlete or a young person in a couple different ways, right? You can care for them in saying, hey, they have a real shot in X sport and they're progressing this way right. and then they express for a little bit maybe quickly maybe all at once or maybe gradually that they're kind of they're falling in love with another sport and then you can support them in two ways one of them is supporting them and saying like hey i think i know what's best for you like i can see it objectively here it is you know you, you want to stick with indoor trust me you got a real shot here and beach is brand new and there's a lot of competition coming about or you can support them in what they like, what they're enjoying, you know, what in that moment is going to make them happier. But you have to know as a parent that sometimes that temporary happiness <laughs> is not really what's best or, or what what they really think it's going to be. Right. <sighs> it's, it's a hard jump and I, uh, in the past, not just not with this club, but in the past, you know, the older players, you know, they played club for so long and they've put in so much time into club and parents put in so much money for um, indoor club and then come their junior year, you know, they fall in love with beach and, and they want to stop playing indoor, you know, and as a parent, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> what uh, all this time and money that we put in into indoor club, like, what are we going to do? And all this, and it's just, it is hard. And I think for, in my experience, uh, seeing the parents and the players how they communicate is just okay well what opportunities do you have right now for indoor what opportunities do you have for on the beach and what opportunities might come up you know on the beach if we do pursue this and is it what you want right as far as say they want to play for a school is it the schools that you want to play for is it beach that you just want to do you know mm -hmm. and I think it's just a lot of communication and a lot of figuring out for the young lady. and of course you want to make sure that it's it's the athlete's choice right and it's their choice and it's just because once they choose that then that's their motivation and they push themselves on the beach or they'll push themselves in the indoor and of course there's some there's some sway i mean i don't know how people are gonna react to this to this mindset but you can guide them to a choice that becomes theirs you know and that that happens every day oh, yeah. uh, where you're saying yeah. like it would be nice i didn't think about what what you just said where you can diagram and say okay you know here's what you want to go to school for Mm -hmm. right like your education and and here are the locations or the mm -hmm. schools that you think you can get into and you want to go to so let's start writing down 
you know, who's got indoor, who's got yeah. beach at what level does that match your level? And then say, look, like you want to go to school for engineering and none of those schools have yeah. a beach program. Exactly. So do you exactly. want to play or what? Because beach volleyball is such a, a really growing at a rapid pace. There's so much more colleges now that starting their new program, but are cross training. So are, are, are looking for indoor and beach players. So, okay. So maybe that's something you can do too. Maybe you can play both in, in this college, you know, and there's just there's so many avenues. I feel like because beach volleyball has opened up that these girls have opportunities now, more opportunities to take. It's interesting to think about beach volleyball in college because I started playing beach volleyball in college, but completely under my own control. There was no team. There was no uniforms. There was no anything, right? Like every weekend, at least spring, summer, fall, you have those, you have the ability to play a tournament on your own. Mm -hmm. You can find a coach, but then you could say that about any sport, right? You could say, dude, you could go play baseball anytime you want. There's an old man softball league, you know, <laughs> like down, like you don't need to play in college, but there, there is some, I don't know, honor, pride, appreciation that comes with representing your school and being a part of that program. Oh, totally. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I played for UH University of Hawaii indoor. They didn't have a beach program when I played and I could just, if there was a beach program, then God, that would be a, that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm so still prideful of the bows and represent the bows all the time. So yeah. And you feel connected to, you know, even to the current team, you're like, you know, oh, I'm connected yeah. to that. That's kind of like my legacy. Even if you you haven't met anyone on the current team, it's, it's important. Absolutely. Okay. So you haven't, <laughs> you haven't stolen any I'm players yet. yet. So you haven't yet made any of the coaches mad. Maybe now they're just worried. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, I know these. I mean, these are tough questions. They're they're gonna come up, and this they will is, come up. This is a conversation that I hear a lot from from indoor clubs. Like, none of my kids want to play indoor anymore. Yeah, you know, or of course, and we can get into this. The oh, they're gonna play beach, and they're gonna get terrible habits. No. <laughs> okay, so you're on my side. <laughs> It's like, you mean they're going to get um, 14 times as many touches on volleyball and I actually learn how to read and move more athletically and do all of the skills at once? Oh, you're worried about their hands being a split second slower than an indoors hands. That's oh, what you're, you're actually worried about. <laughs> or you're worried, oh, you're worried that they'll not overhand serve receive because they, you know, don't do that on the beach. Like, man. And what's the problem with that anyway? Like if you, if you can pass nails with your platform full time, why do you even need overhand serving in, in indoor? I know. Oh, I'm so glad you're on the same page. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy how uh, some coaches, some indoor coaches can think like that. But I mean, in every aspect of the game, your court awareness, your ball control, your speed, your jump. And it's just, you know, it's crazy. It will just put put you up in a level on that indoor game so much. And think about the strength, the mental and emotional strength that they're going to develop because they now can be cued on. They can be targeted for an mm -hmm. entire match and receive every ball. And they have to learn how to survive that emotionally and psychologically. There's, you can't get subbed out. Nope. You know, so you can't be like, oh, thank you, coach, for saving me because that girl was targeting me. You know, you can't be like rotated out of out of a serve receive. Yeah. They can't set anybody else. Yeah. To me, there's a huge strength building and, you know, it doesn't build confidence in that moment, but it teaches it teaches you adversity it, when you're being targeted and you still got to sit there and fight through it. It def Yeah, 
exactly. And you, it's still got to fight through it and figuring it out for yourself. Like, okay, you may not fight through it that game. You may suck the entire game, right? But then it's, again, it's figuring out for yourself, okay, what, how do I get myself out of this rut? What do I need to do? And, and then the next game, like you'll be able to figure out little things that'll help you. And maybe you won't be in that rut for so long. You know what I mean? And, or you can get yourself out of that rut way quicker than you did before. And it's just, it's knowing yourself, being more self-aware and what you can do for yourself to help you get out of that. And I think it's definitely such a big character building um, for, for the players. And I think it's huge. And being being advocates for yourself on the court, you know, instead of looking at your coach or something, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's interesting because because you can parent in a, in a couple of ways, you can coach in a couple of ways where you're constantly trying to protect, protect, protect. But I don't know when I'm a parent, I, I hope I let my kids struggle a lot. Know. You know, I want to see them go through stuff. I want to see them not be able to untie a knot and just sit there and watch, <laughs> you know, without untying a knot for them, like. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to play with that? You got to figure it out. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think that has a lot uh, to do with not just volleyball. Like you said, just in life in general, there's kids are going to struggle with a lot of things. And as a parent, it's, you know, you got to find that balance on when you do step in and when you have to step back and let them figure it out. What was the hardest part of your first year running a club director? What were the things that you really want to get rid of or mistakes that you made? Um, or, or just was super difficult, but you know that that's going to exist forever. <laughs> yeah. I think for the first this year for our summer clinics, I mean, I had we had numbers and we had coaches, but we did not have enough beach coaches. You know what I mean? So there were some synergy indoor coaches that wanted to help and learn the beach volleyball game and help coach. And I don't think I did not give enough time to those coaches Mm. and instructing and making sure that, you know, they're using the same lingo or the same, um, just the same techniques that I would, that are taught on the beach versus indoor, because there were just different conflicts on things that they were saying, or where I would have to step in and kind of steer it the other way. And I think I would if I had indoor coaches come again, then I would uh, do just a, a day with them or two on clinics, you know, like a coaching mm-hmm. clinic with them, for sure. We spend a lot of time uh, with that with coaches because seen a lot of clubs, seen a lot of uh, the way people operate, coached in a mm-hmm. lot of clubs and teams. And I 100% know that a major difference in successful clubs and not so successful clubs is the fact that they actually have one person whose job it is to create the curriculum and ensure that people are, are sticking to that. Because some of the clubs that I see just kind of flounder along one year, they'll be successful one year. They're not is all of the coaches have completely different practice plans are are given completely different keys Mm -hmm. year to year. Their kids like learn a, a big chunk from from one coach and then the next year they go to a same a different coach in the same club and they're learning a completely different set of words vocabulary everything so there's no actual progressive step-by-step learning mm-hmm. if you learn something then you learn something new and you have to become accustomed to that what we do at better beach is we we say like hey here's what you do for the first 25 minutes of your practice it's laid out 
It's from handshakes and high fives to first names to pairing a new player with an experienced player, turning on the radio. We have a very specific playlist. Yeah. Like you, we have a process that says, this is what we're doing. And then we give them the practice plans within those practice plans, making sure that they know the specific words and terms, because then they actually have written assessments on them. Right. So I say, Hey coach, if a player is with you for two months and, and they're in the classes and they can't pass our level three assessment, that's on you. That's not on them because it means yeah. you're not repeating this stuff enough. Yeah. Um, but that, that was a big friction point in the beginning because you're taking people who already have experience coaching and playing and they have mm -hmm. their own vocabulary. Yeah. To me as the boss is the director and you can, you can riff on this for a while it, as the director, it's, it's your job to make sure that everybody's on your page or the exactly. club's page, not doing their own thing and going rogue. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, we, I had the practice plans and things laid out for them. And I think also it's hard to find, you know, someone who's similar with your coaching style as well. You know, um, you can't, you know, everyone has different ways of, you know, uh, I don't know, I guess coaching and coaching personalities. personalities. Yeah. And, you know, I'm huge on making sure the kids, the kids that, you know, are, have good, are gaining confidence. You know, that's my main thing is make sure that we're not saying or doing things that are making them feel dumb or are making them have any sort of self doubt, you know, and it's just the constant, um, positive positive talk positive reinforcements and it's the give them something a positive feedback and then give that uh correction you know make sure you're giving them hey you're doing this really well but let's see if we can try it this way you know and it's just the way you talk to them how you word things can really get perceived i mean it's funny <laughs> to say that like so many people are so self-unaware like you might think that you're coming off as funny when a lot of other people just look at it as snide, you know, yeah. like, yes, your buddies have laughed at you for mm -hmm. the last 20 years, but then everybody knew, or even young people are like, yeah. you know, so it's, it's important for somebody. You have to approach this in a nicer way. You have to right. be either a little bit more joking, way less sarcastic. I think sarcasm, I struggled in having to get rid of that being from New York. It was my first language, but as a coach, you know, near impossible. You, you you see the immediate shutdown. And if you're not aware of what somebody looks like after you say something, it doesn't go, you know, if they roll their eyes and they turn. So um, I, agree. It's, um, I think for me, the big thing with coaching and, you know, being the leader and the director is just knowing that, you know, you're not for these kids, you're, you're not just their coach, you know, however you're carrying yourself, whatever you're saying, whatever your body language looks like, like they're watching you, you know, and you have to kind of almost think of yourself as, you know, the role model for them because they're, they're eager to learn the sport and they're listening to every word you're saying. So why not take that with everything else about yourself in front of them, you know, because they are watching and if they'll, they'll see like, Oh, my coach, like, he'll, or she does that. She slumps her shoulders when she makes mistakes, you know, we'll turn and, and start yelling at herself and start yelling at her partner. So why can't I do that kind of thing? You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they're monkey see monkey do for sure. <laughs> yeah. I also think that that's crucial in development. We say the coach is the weather on the court, you know, like 
this can be a really rainy, cloudy, cold, crappy day mm -hmm. because you showed up with, you know, straight lips and mm -hmm. you didn't give high fives before the practice. You didn't make sure you knew everybody's first name. You didn't pair up the people who should be paired up, you know, to, to keep that emotional balance on the court. Mm -hmm. If that coach, and, and I got that from gold medal squared, like the coach creates the weather in the gym. I like that. Yeah. Right. So you, you have to know when you walk into the gym, your vibe is going to be injected immediately into the girl's vibe. Yep. That will set the tone for sure. It yeah. will definitely set the tone for that practice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I used to get so mad um, at, at some of my players because I was like, why aren't they succeeding at this? You know, I do an overcomplicated drill that was way beyond their comprehension in terms of rotations and failure. And I set like a hundred in a row, you know, like litmus test. And I was like, you're not getting it. Instead of I picked the wrong drill. Yeah. I, I picked the wrong goal. I picked the wrong drill. And now like I've set them up to be failed to fail. So I've set them up to be frustrated. And then I get frustrated because they're not succeeding. And then they're frustrated and they're not succeeding because they're frustrated. And that's a bad circle. We coach our, our coaches a lot to say, hey, when things aren't going right, Change rotations it. aren't going right, you say, time out, not you guys aren't getting this. Yeah. Oof, forget that. That is uh, our coaches get like two chances to say that. <laughs> and then uh, if we hear about it, it's it becomes a serious talk. But it's not you guys aren't getting this. Uh, you're just not getting it because then you, you give failure to everybody. It's time out. I'd rather do something else. Everybody take water. Hey, I, I found something I'd, I'd rather work on. Exactly. And then you could flip it instead of saying, you're not getting it. Now everybody feels like a jerk on the court, you know, <laughs> and they're yelled at. And now you've a uh, quote unquote dumbed down a drill for them. And they know that mm -hmm. instead of, Hey, Oh, you know what? Sorry guys. I'd rather do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Coach is being crazy and flip poppy again, but <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Or, or even just admitting, you know, that, uh, you know, I, this drill, like I didn't realize was too advanced or not even too advanced. Just, this drill isn't working right now. Let's try this drill. And then we could try the drill a little bit later kind of, kind of thing. But I mean, just you admitting your, your mistakes to in front of them is they'll get out of that. hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> you know, and that, that allows them to call timeout and, and whatever problems they run into and be like, I might've chose the wrong thing, but it's okay. Cause all I do is call timeout, restart it. You, you learn know? it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do you think the answer, like if you could, you know, if you had the infinite time, but you know that you have part-time coaches, do you create a one hour meeting a week? Do you create a one hour practice a week where you actually run your coaches through the drills and you have a coach, one of your student coaches or somebody who works for you be in charge of that? Or is it like 20 minute huddles before each practice day and say, this is what we're working on. This is the only thing you guys should comment on today because this is what we're working on. You shouldn't mm -hmm. have 90 different pieces of feedback. The whole gym should hear three pieces of feedback this entire day. You know, what would be your favorite design for that? Or would it be like online courses? Like we, we send our courses to clubs and we say, this is how you coach in beach. What would your ideal if you could create it be? I mean, ideally meaning that I, I would be there, at least at infinite time that I would be there for these practices and for the sessions is I would like to meet before maybe the 20 minute, half an hour before the session so it's fresh in their minds and I'm there 
and just letting them know, hey, this is what I want to work on. This is what we're focusing on. These are the three things and these are the goals that I want. And this is, you know, the lingo that I want to use. And let's make sure that we're always smiling and that we're (laughs) positive, you know, and it's just super fresh in their mind before they get going and we start our session. I like leaving a little time to say at at our camps, we do this a lot because we have like 10 coaches at our camps. Mm -hmm. So so I'll, I'll look at everybody and go, how do you coach this? And I'll pick out what I think would fit with our program, or I'll get like some phrase from somebody who had one of our coaches who said like the silliest thing for kids, but he used it for adults too. When, when you're uh, serving, he said, hamburger, no French fries. That's how he said, don't hit the ball with your fingers when you're serving. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've used that ever since. This has (laughs) now been six years of me using hamburger, no French fries, you know? (laughs) And it's like, okay, like make sure your fingers aren't touching it. Cause you see a lot of people spike and they try to like, grab it when they spike and there's no pop on it it's (laughs) perfect you know and and if i'm not there at that practice and i'm not engaged and watching my coaches and how they teach i don't pick up a really valuable tool and i don't get to add that to our future book because now that's written in all of our manuals it's like this is a great way to explain this concept i know infinite time right if we could uh just be there all the time i would it would be great and to have I like that asking the coaches, you know, what you, how would you teach this? What, what kind of lingo do you have or what phrases do you use? And I will, I, I will definitely use that. You know, right now we, for the summer, we had those coaches and then now they are all off to colleges and playing. So they were young coaches. And so now for this fall program, it is uh, just me running the program. So, and I mean, we're always looking for coaches. So anyone in the Sacramento area. Anyone in the Sacramento area. <laughs> and if you're moving there and you, you want to coach yeah, the beach. Yeah, beach. Hit me up. <laughs> I like it. Yep. So do you think now, this is something that I had to learn, but do you think now that, that you're running and you're practicing, are you going to be writing down everything you say so that you can like hand somebody a book and say, this is how we coach this? Or are you going to rely on on meetings or what? For Well, for me, I already do that. I write things and I have my, you know, volleyball notebook and I have a, I have a practice plan. I run drills. I have a book of drills that I can look and refer back to and see, you know, what drills can work. And, and I think once we do, we reach that where we do have coaches and I think I would, I would have that time before the practice and sit down with them and and be like, okay, this is what our practice plan looks like, you know, and use your little user tidbit. Okay, how would you coach this? What are some phrases? Or what do you think? How, you know, how would you make this drill any better, you know, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Like, hey, did you find a variation that you needed to do? Yeah. Um, because it completely yeah. wasn't working, or you had all the beginners, so you couldn't like, really implement this? Okay, how did you modify it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and you're constantly doing that, right? <laughs> you can have your straight practice plan and might have not enough players or might have the numbers or the drill is not working. So you have to modify a lot and be super flexible with your practice plan. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think not enough coach. I've heard this from a number of people. Um, and I used to think that I was that person too, until I made myself start writing everything down. I used to think I can't replicate myself, you know, like the way that I coach, even though people enjoy it, we're, we're experiencing a lot of success and like reviews for, cause we're doing adult classes and private lessons. Right. So our reviews are off the charts, but I can't explain to somebody 
how to take a drill that I had designed for intermediate players and then modify it when instead of 10, now I've got seven players, two beginners who have never played, one intermediate and three open players and how I was able to challenge them all on the same court appropriately, right? Like, like there's no way I just figured it out. It's organic. It's something that you need to, you need to do on your own. And no, that can't be. I have to figure out a way to show how somebody can do it because if I'm going to be a true leader or a mentor, right, I have to be able to explain this. Yeah. I can't just say, just figure it out because then you're not a quality mentor. Yeah. So sure. a lot of what I did, I, th- I think I forced myself to write down. And then when I had a drill written and I didn't do it, I wrote down how and why I modified, you know, like, okay, yeah. partnered beginner with advanced player for five minutes, but then made sure I was the one feeding the advanced player when they went, you know, so that they felt challenged, but the beginner is also doing that. And then the beginner gets to get coached from a better player and they feel good. There's been a lot of writing. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a great idea. I like that too, because I mean, you're, you know, like I said, throughout practice, you're, you're constantly uh, changing and being flexible. And like you said, if you have different levels on one court and how do you cater to those levels, you know, and like you said, maybe me just hitting to that one advanced player or something and even just writing it down and how you did it and for you to go back and, and look at that, I think it's huge. If I died and I needed somebody to run the same practice, mm-hmm. how would I get them to do it? You know, and you got to like write down so incredibly clear to be able to make it happen. It it costs extra time, but then the success of the club or the business, it depends on that. It depends Mm -hmm. on repeatable, repeatable systems. Right. It's the golden book. (laughs) Hey, what's been the hardest part uh, with parents? You know, you don't don't have to give names or specific examples, but uh, that's one of the reasons that I truly stay out of juniors coaching. I don't want to deal with overzealous parents and get three sets of emails. Now I have to talk to the kid. Then I have to talk to mom. Then I have to talk to dad. Right. And when I'm coaching adults, they make money. They say, this is how I'm choosing to spend my money because this is what I love. Right. And then if they have a problem, they come to me. Great. There's no like, well, your daughter looked happy. I don't know why you're unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's the toughest part about dealing with with parents and and how do you handle those problems? Parents, you know, I think is a big, for the juniors level, especially the indoor, right? There's a big difference with the indoor and the beach clubs. Um, I think parents, when they transfer or they go to beach clubs or beach programs, um, for me, I just want to make sure that parents know that the culture between indoor and beach is completely different, right? And the beach culture is a lot more relaxed and way less intense. Parents, you know, at tournaments, they can't be yelling at their kids on the sidelines, right? They can't. It's basically almost, I've heard one of these players, one of my players uh, describe it. It's almost uh, describing it to her parent, like, Mom, it's like watching a tennis match. Okay, when you watch me on the sand court, it's like a tennis tennis match. You can't say anything. And I'm like, oh, that's a good way to put it. You know, like uh, the kids are just more, uh, they are more out there to advocate for themselves rather than parents, you know, yelling at the refs. That was in, that was out, or touch, you know, how that indoor uh, mentality can be. 
And I, I want to I make sure to establish that with the parents first. Okay. And and so far it's been it's been pretty good. I've so far I've I've had great parents for this program, and uh, they've respected that. And they you know and they'll ask me questions here and there on rules and things like that. But it's for the most part the parents have been good to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but I suspect, you know, the the more I do, the longer I do this, there there'll be a lot more more questions and or just a lot more why isn't my daughter, you know, getting this or that. But the the great thing about beach is that, you know, you can't sub them out. So mm-hmm. no, there's no my daughter's not getting playing time or my daughter got pulled out when she got made one mistake. Like, why did you do that? So Yeah. But then it's <laughs> Then it turns into why is my daughter playing with that one? She should be playing with that yeah. one. And those conversations, they're not easy. You can't just say like, well, it's because when I watch your kid play, she sucks. And that one's really good. And the player she is with is really good. Yeah. Um, she yeah. needs to show me that she's winning, that she has stats, that she has energy, that she makes the person next to her better. And that's when I'll do. And it's, you know, if you could like write down all those things, like <laughs> you can't, right? These are what I take into account when I select partners. Yeah, and you don't, you almost have to. I mean, so so far, I've had parents ask me, you know, they want to play with their friends. Can they just play with their friends these tournaments? And uh, and the program that we're running for the fall is that I have a set group of girls, and I will put them in teams, and we have three set tournaments that we will play. Uh, throughout the program and I will select the teams for them who to, you know, uh, the girl partner that they will play. You you have a hundred percent control over uh, who your kids play with. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. And, and I already have the questions from the parents. Well, she wants to play with her friends. You know, is she going to be able to play with her friend? And is she going to be able to play with her? She she vibes really well with them. And, you know, and I've answered, you know, it's great. Possibly they can play together. I have to, see how they look at practice, if they gel well together, how their chemistry is, um, how they complement each other. Maybe there might be another player on the team that will complement better, you know? And and it's also, we, we wanna make sure that she is able to play with multiple partners and not just one person, because that's gonna be huge. <laughs> so far, that's the questions I've come up with. And it's, I know it's gonna come, a lot more will come. <laughs> I forget which one. I forget if it was Dane, Brock, shoot. One of the big coaches that that we had on the podcast, he said, the problem is we get to see these juniors who have played literally with the same player for her entire four years of high school. And we, we take notes on that. We say, you know what? We've only seen her play with this person. We have no idea how she's going to act with another player. So coaches, even though, okay, yeah, like maybe you're winning and and you're performing well, they actually want to see you play well with like their clips or, the, or their videos. They want to see you play with different players right. because that's what a college program is. Mm-hmm. Now you've got, what, uh, 12 to 18 players mm-hmm. that they have to mix you in somewhere. And if you've only learned to deal with one single personality for your entire volleyball career, you are not available for the next person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, you got to learn how to, you know, play with different players and know those personalities and how to deal with them. And, and all that comes with yourself too, right? The body language that you have towards your partner and just 
it's so much it's just a lot it's so much more than be, having to be able to play with multiple partners i mean because you, you know once you're in college you don't you really don't have a say like i want to play with this person you know and coaches me like okay i think you you and you are going to be paired up on this threes team this is who you're going to play with and like, you just got to say okay and you got to do do your job do your job and play and win in the threes team <laughs> tell you what a lot on the avp you don't have control over who you play with <laughs> you know? sometimes it just comes down to point sometimes you you beg all the six niners to be like hey can i play with you and they all say no and then you're like hmm, okay <laughs> where do we go from here <laughs> um even federations there are some there are some national federations that they have full control over who their players play with with you know usa still lets us do our thing and you sign up with who you sign up with but um there are even national federations that say like no i don't care you're playing with them and that's the end of the uh, conversation yeah that's true that's very true i got lucky i uh played for the philippines and um i played with a partner who played on the avp as well and we got along great and that was that was a big plus (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, because you know you you might have been punching somebody in the chest for four years and they love it and fire them up. And then the next person just absolutely loathes physical contact, you know? (laughs) So it's like, why are you so angry? You know? And then like the way you've trained yourself to fire somebody up for four years is now completely shutting your partner off. And now you've got to go through that personal growth all over again. Exactly. Yeah. Been there. Yep. Heidi, we only have a couple minutes left, but what I what I really want to ask is if you have any key pieces of advice or support for somebody who is starting their beach volleyball club or is just in a rut with theirs and they, and they don't quite know how to fix it from a coaching situation to parents to finding courses, all the problems that come with a beach program. Do you have any, do you have any advice for the ones that are struggling or, or hesitating to start or getting started and just overwhelmed? Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's a process. It takes patience. You know, you can't expect it to just blow up right away or have 20 players right away in your club. Um, know that start off small first, right? Start off small, establish that little core group. And then that core group, I mean, will talk and have social media, do your social media and it, um, word will get out. And you think social media is important? I do. I do. Okay. In this day and age, yes. Okay. <laughs> I do. I think a lot of... Uh, what type of stuff do you want to show? Like if somebody has, you know, they're, they're on Instagram, they can take a picture and a video. What should or could they show that's going to maybe generate more players next year? Maybe just, you know, showing yourself coaching the camaraderie maybe that you have with the with the girls, um, maybe the atmosphere that you're holding, um, maybe the fun that you're holding at the practices, um, something that just shows, you know, the part that you want to sell about your club, you know, mm-hmm. that, let's see, that sets you apart from other clubs, right? Okay, so if you're like the grind work club, you take a video of the girls like doing sprints and bent over and tired with some inspirational music, like motivational yeah. music. Yeah. If you're the, the friendly environment, you know, you, you show some of the fun, like princess hunter bear games before mm-hmm. the, exactly. because you, that's a bit, right. You're going to attract the people that you're showing that environment. You're going to attract the people mm-hmm. who want to be in that environment. Exactly. For me, when my volleyball coach in high school was playing music in the gym, yeah. no other sports coach had music anywhere. And I was like, that's cool you know like to practice with my beats on like let's go <laughs> and that was 
crazy because that was a big part of me actually playing volleyball was just the fact that there was a radio in in a practice which is wild to think about wild because what coach wants to yell over like music you know but still it's it's what it is it's you know, we do that and in the beach. I think most beach programs now all have that, all have the music. And it's just the different energy that it brings from the indoor to the beach and what kind of vibe or energy you're bringing to your program, you know? I'll add on to that little social media from just from the, the business stuff that I've learned. Always somehow invite somebody to contact you, you know? If you want to join the club, if you have questions about our trainings, mm -hmm. if you want to, you know, come and see a practice, DM me, click this link where it'll, you know, schedule an appointment, something that that yes, it shows, but people in social media, they don't understand this enough. You have to invite somebody to talk to you almost like grab their hand and say, hmm. here is your phone. Yeah. And here is how you <laughs> dial the phone <laughs> to get my number, you know, yeah. um, but those 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 calls that say we're looking for more players, we need eight more girls, yeah. right? Like, yeah. oh, you know what? Maybe we'll we'll try it out. You know, I think that call to action becomes important, especially on the social media stuff. So show the things that you want to show. I actually I absolutely love that, right? Show the mm -hmm. parts of you that you want to show, and the yeah. people that you want to attract will be attracted to that. And then from my side, I'm gonna say somewhere on that post or in the caption and on your profile always say dm us message us call us for x yeah i like that and then make it super user friendly where they can just click and then they're there you know what i mean not a lot of navigating through things i think yeah. helps <laughs> even if it's like a link that the, the page takes you to just a page yeah. that says call or text us and there's no buttons or anything buttons, it's just yeah. like the the big phone number that says Call or text me. My yeah. name's Heidi. I'll be happy to hear from you. Yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is well, awesome. Heidi, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, sharing your experience with all of us and, and everybody. <laughs> and it's cool to see that you're, whew, I mean, full-time teacher, full-time mom, and, and full-time club director. That's that's nuts. I think we're of the same heart. You sound like a workhorse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's good work, you know? It's, it's fun for me and... Um, you know, we coach because we love it. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right, Heidi. Um, Mark, thanks for having talk. How does somebody get in touch with you? If they're in the Sacramento area, they want to coach. Um, maybe they want to come run a clinic for your club. Nudge, nudge, better beach. Uh, <laughs> uh, how would they get in touch with you? Um, well, all through social media, we have our social media um, page, which is uh, Synergy Beach. And then we have Synergy Force Volleyball Club, uh, our website, which you can uh, find our website, our Synergy Beach website on there as well. And then all my contacts on there on Instagram and on the website. Amazing. Are you okay with people reaching out to you for maybe like advice if they have a question on, on running a club or what it is? Absolutely. Advice on what you're going to wear today? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Blue or red? Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Here to serve, here to help. Yes, absolutely. All right, Heidi. Hey, thank you so much. Great talking to you. And uh, good luck this year. Good luck with all with all the fall activities. And then you know, building it bigger and better next year. It's yeah, exciting. That's the goal. Grow the game, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. All right, Heidi. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Man, that was cool.
interview. We, you know, we don't get a lot of uh, club directors that we get to really talk with about how they're building the problems that they're experiencing. And the, the way that we're taking our company is we want to be able to help directors and coaches design the training program and the protocols for their coaches and their teams. We have a very thick process um, where we have our practice plans completely written out. We have our modifications all written out. If you guys are interested in looking at all of our practice plans, it's not all of them, but we have 53 full beach volleyball practice plans and 20 of them are equipped with videos. So you can actually see the drill and then do it. You can bring your phone to the gym, watch a beach volleyball drill and then say, okay, guys, this is what we're doing. Line it up like this. If you want to download that, it's better at beach.com forward slash practice plans. If you want to check out our practice plans, be happy to do that for you. But we're really looking uh, to work with some beach volleyball clubs. We'd love to share what we've learned uh, over <laughs> a lifetime of coaching and uh, creating businesses and creating clubs and a healthy, healthy staff of coaches. We have manuals, we have processes, we have, you know, from minute zero until two and a half hours in, we have literally every minute planned out and what our coaches should be saying, doing. So if you're interested in having us maybe consult or mentor you or your club, I would love to work with you and help you make you know, being a club director or coach easier and help you be more efficient and, and share some of the things that we've learned along the way. So reach out. Uh, my Instagram's Mark Burek, and we can share with you all of our teaching tools, as well as our practice plans, as well as our, our coaching manuals. And even if you want to have, you know, coach meetings with us on Zoom or something where we can get to, to talk through that with your entire staff as a consultant, would love to do that. I really enjoyed Heidi and I think I think you guys did too. She was so easy to talk to and she's got good head on her shoulders, you know, waking up early so that you're not rushed setting the weather on your court. I'm kind of on the lookout for Synergy Beach now and I, I think she's going to have a, a really good club. She's paying attention. So uh, if you guys are in the Sacramento area, she said, go ahead and reach out to her. Go get a beach volleyball coaching job. You know, why not? And see if you can helper if you're interested in a little bit of a uh, extra social media tips just let me know shoot me a message and uh, we've done a pretty good job with our social media and learned some things along the way and happy to share that advice too this is a great talk guys thanks for stopping by the podcast thank you for your attention and if you ever need anything you know we're here you can email support at better at beach.com or uh, you can shoot me a dm at mark burick and i'll be happy to hear from you that's all from me it's all from better at beach we'll see you on the sand